Welcome, friends. Lost Scarf here, and it's time for us to have basically a podcast once again with John from Killer Bits. Hiya! All right, so... So it's still basically a podcast. You haven't uh, progressed into it being a full podcast. It's just... <laughs> it's basically a podcast. Yes, yes. I, I, I wanted to branding. see what the evolution is since I've, I've been here since inception. <laughs> I, I, I want to see where the evolution goes. Um, It's a primordial seep going on in here. That's what's for sure. Like... <laughs> Like, if you watch the podcast, aside from the interview ones, it's just, they just go where they go, which, which I enjoy. It's a journey. Like it's a journey. And yep. admittedly, you've I... just had quite a journey, haven't you? <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, almost dying isn't fun. That's, that's, that's for sure. That's for sure. Oh, my God. Um, Not going into that. <laughs> Now, this is, this is where we build up intrigue for the audience. They're going to be asking in the comments, well, how did Scarfullers <laughs> die? I just, I'd like to know that, too. <laughs> a, a reminder for the audience, at any time, something can take you out, which is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, my car engine died. Like, driving home, literally a block away before this <laughs> podcast... Car engine dies, and car goes, you're not doing anything anymore, boy. You're just riding with me. I'm like, okay. Why don't you go out and check? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, oh, 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 oh. And then to go around, we're like, oh, shit. Oh, that was, oh, man. It's, it's very weird and funny to laugh about almost dying. It really is. But, um... <laughs> Well, it kind of puts my day to scale. I, I had my car in for its repairs, and it was like 200 quid uh -huh. worth of welding. At least I, I, I got it to the garage, and it, it wasn't an issue of, you know, I was going to get run over on the way back or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah, well, that's definitely going to a car place now to look at. Like, what the heck was that about? <laughs> I have no idea. An engine just cuts out. And I look at it, I was like, oh, it could be a dozen things. Okay, well, we're getting an expert to look at that then, because... It's not going to be me. And it's not like the vehicles in PUBG. You, you, you didn't... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not like the vehicles at all in PUBG. <laughs> Nobody shot the engine out. No one did that. You mean you don't drive a da Dacia Sandera in real life? <laughs> oh, man. I take that vehicle everywhere. Those things are tough. <laughs> Built oh, like wow. a tank. They are. Quick aside right from the start. Bring it to PUBG. Um, somebody won while AFK. Okay. Did you hear about this? No, I didn't. So, this dude, he's playing, and he's got to go to dinner. This right. Funny. He's got to go to dinner. So he's like, all right, I'm just going to lay down in a tub and go AFK. <laughs> he picked the perfect place, apparently, <laughs> the because... The circle just squeezed down yep. around him. Right. <laughs> the other guy dies to the circle, and he's the winner. He goes to get dinner. He wins a chicken dinner. I'm like... What are you cutting? I, 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 I'm going to have to try that. My my method normally is, you know, non-confrontational. <laughs> find a spot, just hide there for as long as possible. Like, he's just taking it to the next level by not even being in the room with it. Yeah, we're on 2017. He's at 30,017. Like he's at 3,017. <laughs> he just he found it. He's like, what? Are you kidding me? I don't even know. Like, it's funny, like, I was talking with uh, Steve last week for it, and, and they were like, yeah, emergent gameplay, there's always yeah. some random thing. And this one, it was, the dude wasn't even there. <laughs> he wasn't even there. Are you kidding me? 
So technically, oh is it emergent gameplay if you're not there to experience the story? <laughs> is it? Is it the whole PUBG uh. is now if a tree foot crashes down in the woods? Is you know, is anyone there yeah. to hear it? Sort of thing. Oh my god, it's just that's amazing. That's just amazing. <laughs> There was an interesting thought uh, to come up for uh, PUBG, and that is PUBG has, their peak was 1.34 million yep. players at it's, one time. It's past Dota now, hasn't it? it destroyed Dota. Yeah. And, it, and it, the thing is, a part of that is bots. Yeah. They're, a chunk of that is bots. They're just AFKing to get the coins, to buy the boxes, yep. to to sell the things, because you can have because a Because everyone wants a schoolgirl uniform, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and so the question is, is, what are they called, Bluehole? Yes. Yeah. Is Bluehole being slow to act about that? Because it does bring their numbers up. Mm. Like, even if it's just a small percentage, like, is it in your best interest to not necessarily go after them just yet because you already do have a bunch of players? And, and it's, it's probably not even the... the you know, the typical Chinese gold farms, because apparently yeah. the, the numbers for, what is it, H1Z1 have been going up in China steadily mm. since the release of PUBG. So it looks wow. like a lot of people in, you know, China, I don't That's know whether Korea and Singapore, places like that, but I know, I think China is, because Steam Spy did a, uh, a graphic on this on Twitter, you know, a few weeks ago, you know, the, the, the graph going up. So it's, it's an unusual <laughs> one. Um, but That's interesting. Ev everyone's trying to get on the uh, Battle Royale bandwagon, though, now, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> going over to something else, Fortnite yep. is doing it. And, and it's going to be free, and it's out next week. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think they've rushed that through by any chance? <laughs> I'm really intrigued to know how they're going to monetize that, because they well, they're going mm. to monetize the the free version of Fortnite with you yeah. know microtransactions to buy the ingoing. Those llamas are terrible. Yeah, the, so. the llamas and the coins and that. But surely in a battle royale, you can't do any of that because then you'll be buying weapons, which is buying power in a game that's supposed to be all about you know question, lo looting stuff. So yeah. how how are they kind of modeling the kind of the free version of it? Is it just going to be as a mm. kind of a loss leader to try and get people into the Fortnite ecosystem so they play the full game? Possibly. That is a possibility. Yeah, there's 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 always loss leaders to try to get things get people interested. I don't know that like I'm sure they'll try to find a way because if there's one thing we've learned from Fortnite, they don't know how to say no. So the second <laughs> that's an idea. Has an let's idea. take that. Well, oh, that's another idea. Let's have, yeah. let's just pile it all in. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. The second, like, one idea is going to go in, another idea is going to go in, and they're all going to be in there, and they're just all going to be in there. Don't worry, there'll, Fortnite, be, a, I can't uh, say there'll no. be a uh, digital card game version of Fortnite, <laughs> there'll be a MOBA version of Fortnite. They're, they're just going to cram all the ideas in there. You know, anything that's popular, <laughs> we'll just shove into the game. But I'm, uh, but but Fortnite's the only, not the only one. Obviously, was it about a month ago now, GTA shoved their own... Battle Royale oh, yeah. version in was it Motor Wars? And yeah, I remember hearing about that. I don't know much about it though. No, I I, I I've not played uh, GTA for mm. ages, and I I kind of stay away from the, the GTA Online as it is anyway because 
not the most not pleasant uh, community, is it really? Uh, but nope, 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 nope. <laughs> nope. I played against it. Nope, nope, nope. But um. You you know all the big companies are going to be jumping on the Battle Royale bandwagon because it's the same thing that happened with, you know, League and Dota. Everyone has to make MOBA. Happens with Hearthstone. Everyone has to make a CCG. You know, it is um, yeah. it is the new thing that everyone's going to jump. And people are speculating, well, what is the next game that's going to have it? And it is kind of fun to think, you know, okay, where, where, what games would work with a Battle Royale? And people yeah. have put forward stuff like, well, is Red Dead uh, going to have it? Can you ride around <laughs> with your own posse? But I'm thinking, well, how are you going to land in? Because I don't think they had parachutes in the Old West, no. really. <laughs> I think oh, what you could do would be... Um, no, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I was thinking zombie cowboys to just come out of whatever random grave areas. But um, there's at least a bigger question, I think, is... Before PUBG happened, it was the question of what's going to be the next big thing, because prior to that, what we could argue was the, was MOBAs, yep. Dota and League and Hots and like all those, all those, all those, um, so many. <laughs> Hearthstone made a lot of money for Blizzard, but it wasn't like a big th- like people still copy because people like card games, but yep. it wasn't like this big explosion thing like PUBG has been. I don't know. It, I remember... it's, it's had plenty of people trying to replicate it. Uh, you mean Hearthstone or yeah, people or PUBG? people are trying to be replicating Hearthstone. Oh, yeah. So it's it's. I think it's because it was the first really good one. Yeah, like before that, it was Magic. That was it. Yeah, really, it was, wasn't it? Before that was Magic, and on a digital scale, like what they were usually side games, like Pazak and and Kotor and yeah. and Gwent. Well, Gwent now it's it's some it's it's actually worthwhile. But... Yeah. It's always card games have been the side game. That's what it is. Yeah. I like to see a card game where the side game's an RPG. <laughs> <laughs> that is but, that is the next level. That's the next thing we're gonna see. But like, yeah, like Hearthstone was good for it, and we've seen other ones try to be Hearthstone, but like Hearthstone never exploded the way PUBG has or the way MOBAs have. Yeah. And I I remember like there was like the calling, and people were like, "Ooh, this is not bad." Like yeah. a this arena shooter thing, and then of course H one Z one King of the Hill. And I mean, it kind of started really with Daisy as well, I suppose. Yeah. But uh, and I, it's 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 just strange, you know. Yeah, it is. Yeah. PUBG, when you boil it down, is not that diff- dissimilar from you know H one Z one and Culling. So you have to get into the the mind of well, why has it blown up in the way it has? And I I suppose you know, a big part of it is. The kind of the streaming community is just taking it to its heart, so mm. it's it's one of those. Technically, it's still an indie game, and it's an early access, and it's still developing and things like that. So it's it's not had this huge marketing push behind it. It is the the community that has made it as popular as it is, and yeah, pe- people are buying it because they're seeing all these streamers play it, or you know, and now it's ba- basically coming its own ecosystem. You know. People have brought it because they saw streamers playing it, and then their friends said, "Oh, well, you're playing it. I have to get a copy now." And their friend, and, and now we're at like 10 million units sold or whatever it is in yeah six months or something. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I remember when it was when PUBG was first coming up, and they were offering codes for it and things. I was like, "Well, whatever. No one really cares. Whatever." And now it's like, "Can we get a code?" I was like, no, no, no. no you, no, you're no gonna have to codes. buy it yourself. <laughs> Pretty much. 
But I remember it was like it was like yeah, it's just another King of the Hill, yep. blah, whatever. And but it blew up, just blew up. And yeah, sometimes that happens where a game you don't see coming just explodes, or a game you thought was going to be really good dies, which yep. is. I guess you can call that the Titanfall syndrome, really. It's poor Titanfall getting that moniker. Like, Titanfall, it happened. <laughs> For Honor, Evolve, Battleborn. Ugh. Games it, it, that had promised that did not make yeah, it. Yeah, and, and it is all about timing as well, I suppose. Because especially I stuff suppose like Battleborn, Battleborn and that. It, it just it was badly timed. It was never going to beat Overwatch. And it was just, you know... But I think... It, PUBG just came out at the right time. It was must have been a really quiet month and everybody jumped on this new thing and, like I said, it yeah, just blew what? up. I don't think there was anything to compete with, really. I can't so, think of anything. It, it was, was February, March, it kind of Yeah, and like, what, what's there? Uh, I mean, I we did have a strong anything. start to the year, but I can't, I yeah. can't think what was out of the most of the same time. Breath of the Wild, Horizon Zero Dawn was around that time, yeah. right, I think. Uh, and that's it. Um, yeah. Like, those two took the lion's share of anyone's interest at that time, was those two big games. And their console games. Uh, so, the PC community... Was it community... Uncharted 4? No. Okay, no, no. Uncharted 4 is during Battleborn. Yeah. But yeah, those are console games. Yeah, so what did PC have, right? Yeah, I don't... So there were games. The, the, but I that's, one for you, that's one for your viewers to have a look and tell us what else came <laughs> out at the same time so we can actually go. <laughs> yeah, that's a good this one. Is, this is community involvement. We've got to get the, them working for us, surely. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> like, I talked about it with Steve. I don't know if you saw that part. Um, I'm like, something worth considering is with your, with your uh, community is whenever you do a highlightable thing, like they highlight it. Yeah, and just gather them all together and download them, and just make a a, a montage with all that. That yeah. could be fun, I think. Because that could be very they're, they're, they're good the at calling us out when we we screw up, aren't they? <laughs> yes. Oh god. Uh, XCOM. XCOM would ha be the most amazing blooper reel because everything goes wrong. It's like, all right, we're in a good position here. Everything's fine. Okay, I'm just gonna move this character here. Oh look, I woke up every group. They're all every here part, now. Every pod. Every pod. Yeah. Oh no! Especially yeah. with the new, the, like the lost. Oh my god! You think you're fine? You think you're fine? It's like, oh, what do you know? There was a horde here yeah. and here, and, and you don't want to lob that grenade in there, do you? <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> Oh, by the way, I forget that detail every time. <laughs> like, oh, there's four of them together. Grenade. Oh, hey, oh no, now there's, now more there's 16. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. That's a thing. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have brought a bunch of grenadiers to a freaking uh, lost mission. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> oh, man. Like, uh, XCOM 2, War of the Chosen is so good. Like, I, I'm um... still yet to play it. I'm just living okay. vicariously through people's streams and videos. <laughs> Like, uh, did you play two or see yes, uh, yep. or see the original? Okay, like it reworked so much. Like it's an expand. It's basically what. Well, be they've saying, said like, you know this was you know like just one step shy of being XCOM three. Yeah, pretty much. It is basically Enemy Within. Yeah. Like, like what Enemy Within was to Enemy Unknown. That's what War of the Chosen is to XCOM two. It changes some a couple things. But actually, way more fundamentally than Enemy Within even did, too, really. Yeah. Because there's so many things to do, it's really fun. I think XCOM 2 was okay. I, I liked it, but I thought it was okay. I would have probably preferred XCOM 1. But after this, this blows 1 out of the park for me. It really does. 
Because there's so much to play with going on with the board of the chosen. I, I think the only reason it wasn't XCOM three is because they they set up X the end of XCOM two to basically do what was it Terror of the Deep or something. Huh, really? I, I actually I don't remember the end of two right now because it's been a while. Yeah. But oh my god, if it sets up Terror of the Deep, because I remember playing that a long yeah, time I, ago. I, I'm pretty sure it, it, starts, it, it, it was set huh. up so it would uh, launch Terror of the Deep and that. So I think that's okay. the go- where, where they're going with it. That'll be interesting, because yeah, we've been doing Aliens for a while. Terror of the Deep would be very interesting. That's what It's Sea Aliens or Sea... I don't remember what Terror of the Deep monsters were, but you had to deal with that, and that was interesting. That's like, what, 10, 15, 20 years ago? My so God. Something like that. Something ridiculous. <laughs> I played the original XCOM. Oh, my God. <laughs> God how, like, how, how many hours spent crafting uh, med packs before you went out on a mission? <laughs> have I got enough? Oh, man. You never have enough in that game. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how people beat it back then, because, like, whatever young age I was, there was no way I was smart enough to beat that game. There was no way. <laughs> Oh man, but XCOM 2, where it chosen. Recommended, for sure. It, that's one of those when I have money, when I'm not spending 200 quid on getting the car repaired. Yeah, and let's now face me. it, we're almost at the end of September, and that means we are getting ready for the big push, aren't we? Um, yeah, uh, if you're doing Shadow of War, <laughs> which you, you, you vowed off now because yeah, of all I the microtransaction bullshit. Uh, yeah, all that, they've killed my goodwill for that. Yeah. Uh, the last and- draw for me, honestly, was, which is the weird last draw, yeah. and that was the, the giveaway, uh, not the giveaway, the fundraiser work. Oh, yes. I remember yeah. his name. That was the last draw for me, because it was like, only in the US. Yes, and only in, what, and- like, 46... Yeah, or uh, not, not even 40, the, the whole of it. Yeah, only like 43, 42 states or something. Because I, I could have sworn it was like six names or okay. seven or eight states. And I'm like, okay. So almost, so the majority of America and nowhere else, else in the world. <laughs> so if you buy that thinking you're doing something for this family, you're not, it all goes it, into that the, pocket. The devs responsible for it just wanted to kind of honor their friend. So yep. why not just put it in? No, Warner go, right, money, 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 money. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Which is so, like, all the goodwill's gone for me. Yep. It's all gone. And I side with the statement of, if you got, if if you just have a job, if you have a life that's outside of gaming, and you just want to play a cool game, have at it. Yep. Good for you. For the gaming community, it's something worth taking a stand on, because that is BS. Yep. That is really bad BS. I'll get it when it's three ninety nine, like <laughs> <laughs> most recent Shadow Yeah, War. Game of the Year edition in like, oh god, that's such a good deal, Shadow yep. of Mordor. And, it's, and isn't it on Humble now? The the, the newest Humble yeah. bundle. It's, all, it's it, all the newest Humble. Yeah. Do not pre-order, by the way. <laughs> For $80 on Humble bundle, you can pre-order Shadow of War and mm. get a shirt. I'm like, no. Yep. No. Don't do that. By the way, it's a really good bundle, though. That's a really good bundle. Yeah. Humble Bundle does amazing bundles. Here's what I've learned. Doing giveaways, if you ever do giveaways, just buy through Humble, not through Steam. Yeah. Because Humble's gift codes can work internationally. With certain countries, they still can't. But Steam, at this point, is like, we don't want you to do that anymore. Well, they're, like, they're basically have... cracking down for, you know, everyone yeah, buying it in of... Russian rubles or Indian mm-hmm. uh, rupees or whatever. And that's why they did that. 
And so I have like Canadian friends are like, what the hell? I can't buy a gift for my, my American friends and vice versa. Yeah. But Humble Bundle, you can buy on Humble and you can gift it through there and it will go between the US and Canada. So from this point on, any giveaways we do, unless it's a Steam code directly, I think it's smarter to just buy through Humble yep. and send over. So that's just the smart thing. Because you never know if your viewers are international until you find out. Yep. And let's face it, buy, buying stuff on Humble is also, you, you get the warm, fuzzy glow when you actually uh, <laughs> tick the box for, I'm going to send 10% of this to charity as well. So, Yep. yep that's the, the fact is, well. I, the last time I actually brought something on Humble, you go through and go, okay, let's have a look at the different charities that are available. It's, it's pages and pages of one. So you, if there's yeah. any charity you want to support, it's, it's liable to actually be on there. Yeah, remember when it was only, what were they? It was the Penny Arcade one, and I think it was one more. Yeah. It was just those two charities. And now it's like, everybody. Yep. Like, if there's any you like, like, I guess it was in case you didn't like Penny Arcade, I guess. Like, here's other options. Um, Like, Penny Arcade's charity is a pretty cool charity, though. But, um, it, well, if you don't know what the charity is, the charity is, it's a gaming for kids in hospitals and stuff like that. It's for kids in hospitals, and I don't remember it's also for kids that are less fortunate, or if that's a different charity. But it's basically, it's bringing gaming to kids who are they're just stuck in bed at a hospital. Mm. They've got nothing else they can do. That's what that charity was, and it's a pretty nice charity there. And now there's a bajillion charities, though. Yep. But this does lead to a question I just thought of that right now, and that is charity streams and charity uh, just videos. Yeah. Like, thoughts on that, and also... Just doing that. Like, my experience is I haven't done one, because I'm like, well, I don't really know, like, uh, who's, like, really has money to do that, or, like, how popular do you, do you need to be before you should do that, and things like that, and I was part of Athene, that's his name, the man who does all the donation streams ever. Yeah. Uh, which is Athene on Steam, on, on Twitch. Yeah. I'm like, uh, like, he has this whole group where everyone can do it through him. I'm like, well, like, how big should I be to even do it? Because what if I do it and, like, only 10 people show up and nobody donates and everyone just feels like crap or something? Yeah. I mean... So it's a question of how uh, again, big you need I, to be I've not done it because I, I admittedly, I, I, I haven't got the biggest community on Twitch. I've only re yeah. really been doing it for the past month or so. Uh, but um, I would certainly consider doing it if it was, like, you know, one of these... 24-hour streams, but you take a two-hour shift with a whole bunch mm. of other people. And that, that I can see, works well. It kind of spreads the community, spreads, you know, gets people involved from all corners of the world. And it's not just one person killing themselves for a 24-hour stream <laughs> or something. Um, so I, can, I, I know why people do it. Some people do it genuinely to, you know, actually back a charity they are dedicated mm. to. Other, other more unscrupulous ones just do it as a oh look I'm being all charitable and all that kind of thing. Mm. You you can you, you can you can tell those a mile off normally, um, but I'd like to, but I I don't have the stamina to do a twenty four hour stream, and I know I haven't got the size of community or anybody like that to actually you know make it viable. I don't think me killing myself for twenty four hours for you know. Maybe a fiver is really going to help mm. any charity, <laughs> but I I would certainly get involved with you know a group charity type one, and I can I can see the benefit to them, uh, but it's 
it is very much situational because it's it's one of those things you you never know how it's going to play out. But yeah, like that's that's how I feel. Like you need to have a good sized community to do it. If you're going to do it solo, you need a good sized community, and because. Yeah, it's got to be with worthwhile. You're putting in the time for it, and to actually, you want to give some money to the charity that's worthwhile. It, 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 like any bit counts. Any bit, any bit is good, of course. Yep. Any bit is good, even five bucks. But you want to have a good enough size community that when you get the ball rolling, you'll get a lot going on, and yeah. then it's actually a worthwhile thing for everybody. Um, yeah, you can use it for promotion, which is really not why you should be doing it, of course. Um. You should be doing because you really believe in the charity. I never thought about a team charity, though. That's actually a good idea. I never thought about, like, you do a couple hours, someone else does a couple hours. Because yep. what that does is that brings different people in. Yeah, exactly. Instead of only your community. So that's actually very smart. That's actually a good idea. Because, I mean, the last um, one I saw doing that is, have you heard of the ch ch uh, charity Checkpoint? Nothing to do with Steve. Nothing <laughs> to do with Steve. Steve. No, nothing. Poor Steve. No, uh, this is a mental health charity. It was oh, yeah. uh, established about a year or so ago uh, yeah. by somebody I actually know, uh, Dr. Jennifer Hazel. And she basically looked into the kind of psychology behind, you know, how games and gamers uh, suffer with mental health and how games can actually help. And she... Oh basically did a kickstarter and she's currently recording the the series at the moment it's definitely worth checking out uh lots of backing from journalists developers content creators uh you know she's done interviews with people from naughty dog a whole bunch of developers go check it out definitely go check it out <laughs> it is definitely worth it and i i she kind of kicked off the Kickstarter campaign with a 24-hour stream, but she brought in a load of different streamers and YouTubers and that. So there's people like Bear Taffy, Zero Doxy, uh, wow. uh, Josh from Gaming FTL, a whole bunch of people got involved and they were all doing this like little two-hour section here or three-hour section there. And, and it, it just got like a wider community involved in this idea at, because the whole idea behind the the charity was, um, you know, reaching out to the whole gaming community and talking, raising the issue of, you know, mental health and how games can help. And also the issues of, you know, developers going into crunch and that not sleeping for, you know, weeks on end trying to do this. It is all a mental pressure and things like that. So, yes, definitely go check that out, folks. Wow. Yeah worthwhile that i didn't wow yeah that's um it helps a lot of people like gaming does help people yep. out for a lot of things and so uh that's cool that's pretty cool right there and then compilation all that just the quickest side of um for historical note you can use charity things to drum you up yeah to just get people more interested in you like the most famous example i can give is pearl jam they're like it, this just gets them press and since it's all charity money, they don't have to pay for anything. Yep. And that's that, that helped them get yeah, it helped them get really popular without having to spend any money is how they started up, which is very interesting. Cause it's but yeah, it's a thing you can do. But I just I guess morally I'm like, you can't do a charity stream just to get popular. It's such a weird thing to do. That's one of those it gets very icky. <laughs> if you're mm -hmm. doing it for that reason alone, it needs to be a kind of 
a cause you you feel strongly about and need to get yeah. involved because you believe in it. And it's just icky with the whole uh, depending on your charity and people accusing charities. Like, there's people who just think charities are scams. They don't think it's a real thing. Yeah. And that's not a fun group to deal with. And what an interesting thing is because of streamers, there's something that Athene had to do where he's like, okay, okay, guys, geez. Yeah, I get it. It's your your audience. There's only so much money they have. And if they're going, if they're paying for this donation, then they're not donating to you. So Athene had to do a thing where he's like, okay, I'll some of the charity money, uh, I'll my own money I'll spend will go to you guys as well, because that's money. Essentially, some people were arguing it was money out of their pocket mm. going to the charity. And it's like, well, then don't do a charity. Yeah, scam, exactly. I, guess. I, don't, I don't know, but it was like, it was him trying to, because he tried to build up this entire network of charity people, like, to get a bunch of people interested in, and just doing charity streams, because yeah. just the more people help out, the better it is. And so whenever there's a disaster, he would call on everyone to try to do that. It was an interesting idea, very ambitious. But he had hiccups like that. And it's like, well, if they feel that way, maybe they shouldn't be on the team. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, there, there is also the point that, you know, basically YouTubers and streamers are the next, you know, TV celebrities. And we've, we've seen TV celebrities use their kind of popularity to raise awareness about causes they want to talk about. So it makes sense that there are people in the community out there that want to use this platform, use their, their, their community and the people that they know and the work on the causes they want to work on. So it, it makes sense that, you know, YouTube and Twitch is the next TV. So the, the, the celebrities of that platform are going to use their soapbox to kind of shout about the, the charities and causes they want to shout about. Mm hmm. It's at the point of, um, and we're going to always see this pushback is like, is like, um, the whole argument of you're an entertainer. You shouldn't be talking about politics. You shouldn't be talking about, uh, religion or you shouldn't be talking about any of these big topics. It's like, well, they're also a human being. Yeah. They have to talk <laughs> yeah. about these things. Like, uh, th th these are people, like, not automatons, even though YouTube's ad policy may want them to be. <laughs> oh, God, you can't talk about politics, religion, sex, anything. <laughs> Uh, the problem is things are so big they have to use algorithms, but these algorithms need to be a lot better than they are. <laughs> they need to have, like, the human touch, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> like, it needs human tweaking here and there, I guess, or just, I don't know, a quality check on the algorithm, because you can't just have the algorithm go and say, we're blameless, it's the algorithm. Yep. No, it's your algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> your you algorithm. designed it. You fixed the problem. If it's a problem, you fix it. Yeah, like, the companies have to take the lumps as they're trying to make the algorithm worthwhile. It's yeah. on them because, well, they're making a lot of money off this beast they've created. Now yeah. they need to figure out how to collar it. Like, it's as simple as that. It's But let's face it, the uh, announcements of the last couple of days, admittedly, this is going out a week later, pretty much indicate they're not going to fix the problems. They're just going to kind <laughs> of, uh, okay, well, let your community sort it out instead because YouTube has introduced sponsorships. Yep. It now, looks very familiar to anybody who's been on <laughs> Twitch before, doesn't it? Very, very. Now, I, I, what's the word here? Skim this? I'm like, well, this looks very, okay. I'm like, it's basically Twitch. All right, moving yep. on. I'll read on this deeper later, but I think you did read a bit more than me on it. So Yeah, I'm, I'm going to see if I can bring up the details. But no, if, if you're uh, 
at all aware how the uh, Twitch partnership schemes work. It is pretty much the same. It's, you know, the same kind of price. It's, you know, $4.99 if you're in the States. It's £4.99 if you... I mean, they are doing the regional variants, and it's not just four, uh, $5. Um, but for that, you get... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and bring it up, if I can find it somewhere. Um, you get a badge that you can give to your community, and anyone who's a uh, sponsor will get this badge in chat, and they also get em emojis that they can use in chat, and you can have special exclusive uh, sponsorship chat and all this. Obviously, they're pushing heavily on the live streaming, but it, it does work for, um, you know, off, well, you know, standard yeah. YouTube videos as well. Yeah, what you told me, which I didn't know, I thought it was only for the streaming, is it also works for just the channel, which, yep. like, well, there's no reason not to try to get in on this then. Like, there are people who just aren't Twitch people. They are YouTube people. Yep. So... There is possibility there is more room to gain from here, but it's also YouTube. Yep. So we're, we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop, and how are they going to screw this up? Because Basically. at the moment, this has only been, you know, in the news and available for about 24 hours. I'm still digging through and trying to work out what's the ad revenue split, because YouTube are going to certainly take a cut somewhere. And reading kind of the, the terms and conditions thing I, I, I had to sign to actually get the thing activated, it appears to be YouTube are taking 30%. Huh. So I can't be sure on that. I want some kind of double verification on that. But it, it also strikes me, how does this work with people that are in MCNs? Because does this go yeah. th go through you know the standard ad revenue type thing? So is the money just basically going to go straight from YouTube into the MCN and then get divided off, or is it going to be like two separate things? So, so is it a case of of that five dollars you're giving to somebody to sponsor them, YouTube takes thirty percent, and then the MCN takes their percentage, and then you're only really giving the the actual YouTuber oh. a couple of dollars. I don't even know if any MCNs are worth being a part of anymore. Nope. Uh... Once Maker unceremoniously gave me the boot without any notification. I still don't Ooh. like you for that. Uh, well. Yeah. Um... Didn't even get an email. It just got switched mm. off one day. That was it. Um, Jeez. So... I don't even know if they're worth it anymore. Like, if it's an MCN that will nurture and grow you, sure. But I don't know if those do, even do any exist. Yeah. Like, like Maker at a time seemed like they were the ones who were doing it because the one it was the TGS podcast it was the main three and then someone else on there. Yeah, and they also did cross things where they they tried to do cross promotion where they had people who weren't normally together be together on something. They did this when they were Polaris. That's how you got like Jesse Cox and PewDiePie together, and other people in PewDiePie together. Yeah. <laughs> just people you don't normally see together, mostly with PewDiePie. <laughs> Because uh, he's the big one. And he's not with Maker anymore, right? Like No, that 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 was really after... what kick, kicked off the adpocalypse, you know. Yeah. H him doing the whole Fiverr thing. Then the, the, the Wall Street <laughs> Journal and then the adpocalypse happened. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. And with more recent thing, we can move over to this. <laughs> um, no hard R's, the... remember. No hard R's. Yes, no hard R's. No hard R's. Um... 
Even if it was the lighter one, it's still not something for him to say. But this comes down, and I this shows that I don't really understand copyright strikes. Uh, Firewatch happens. Firewatch, uh, yep. was it? Um, I was going to say Dos Santos. Campo Santo? Campo Santo, yeah. Yeah, Campo Santo. Love their games. Really good game. Yeah. But they're like, um, we understand we've made money off PewDiePie's video, but we can't stand with him anymore. It's, it's not good for our image that we have a video with him on it, and so we're going to copyright strike him. And it's like, and my understanding was when a copyright claim happens, you just uh, you just get rid of the video, or you or you contend it. You say like, no, no, it's within my rights. Yeah, and then it's up to YouTube whether or not you get struck or not. I thought that's that's how it works. So if they come to me, I'd be like, all right, the video's gone. Sorry, I pissed you guys off somehow. Um, my bad. Uh, but okay, oh, the video's gone. So I because I don't want to freaking strike. I don't know. If that's actually not how it works, because I would assume PewDiePie would just get rid of the video so he doesn't get a strike, but he just has a strike now. Yeah. So I guess I don't know how this whole thing works. How how do you think? Or do you know how it works? Well, <laughs> only <laughs> vaguely. It's it's one of those, it's the, that, that whole kind of grey area. Unless you're Leonard French and you're a copyright attorney, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to get, get involved oh, in it. Geez. But it, it is, you know, there, there are different levels of strike. You know, you've got... Uh, you know, you, 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 you got your, your takedown and things like that. You've got, you know, the music copyright ones that go, right, well, we're going to take the money for it. You know, anything yeah. with a Kanye West song in is just going to get uh, blocked anywhere in the world. You have mm. copyright strikes that kind of block the video completely or take it down, remove it. You have also YouTube has their, was it their social copyrights, not copyright, they but social a... strike type one. Yeah, I think it's of, community strike. Community strike, that's it, yeah. It, okay, okay. Because that's what happened over Doom. Yep. So Ooh. there were all these different type of ones, but um, when the whole thing with Campo Santo issuing the strike, DMCAing uh, Pewd's uh, video on Firewatch, and it got took down, people were up in arms going, oh, no, you can't do this. The, all the legal experts are going, well, yes, even though it's on their website uh, you know, can I make the uh, money on my video of this? Mm -hmm. Yes, fine. We like that. Like people making uh, videos of our games. That is not classed as a blanket permission because it doesn't say, you know, forever and always, and there is no chance of it being revoked. Yeah. So it's 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 all all the typical like kind of legalese. There's always ways of you know, unless it's yeah. written in a cast iron contract with no loopholes. You know the the person that owns the game can take away that right at any point. Mm. Uh, but it, you know, from a content creator point of view, it is a little worrying, you know, <laughs> it, or it would only take one of the big companies, you know, an Activision or somebody uh, like that to say, no, we don't want people making money on, you know, Call of Duty videos or, you know, Microsoft now own Mi Minecraft. Just imagine if they suddenly said, no, Ooh. Would that just kind of kill YouTube completely? <laughs> yeah. Um, this <laughs> How many happened, Minecraft though? videos are there? <laughs> like, okay, so this happened with Sega. Yep. This is why Total Biscuit completely swore them off for years. Yep. Is because they they struck everyone down who had... Or is it Shining Force videos? I think it was Shining Force, which, ah, oh, that hurts me because I love Shining Force. 
They struck everyone down who had Shining Force, and this killed channels. It yep. killed channels. Just so they could have better search results. Yes, yeah, they, they just wanted to their get game. their videos higher on the, the search ranking. That was the only was like, reason they did it. And <laughs> so you had people like Total Biscuit just like completely swear off. And that's the scary thing, which we're reminded of, is that at any time a company can go like, no, yep. no we, we're not okay with you with our stuff. And it's like, well, I'm not... It. I wasn't scared. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily be scared until I remember the Sega situation, because for the most part, I think we're in an age where most gaming companies recognize like this is this way of advertising, and it's mostly yeah. you have just a good relationship, a cordial relationship, formal relationship with companies as you make their video, make videos with them, and everything. There you go. It's not like the Jim Sterling situation with. Um, that company no one cares about anymore. <laughs> um, they're gone. Not gonna say but it. Not gonna say it. Not gonna say it. Because <laughs> it's not the same situation as Campo Santo. It's a very different situation. Yep. And that one, that was more of a... Like, because this was... It was it was criticism from Jim. It wasn't... Uh, it was criticism and just showing and everything. It wasn't him yep. doing what they were arguing he was doing. Because this is the whole thing, you know, generally Let's Plays don't fall under fair use. This is the whole thing, because they aren't, you know, parody, criticism, uh, the the kind of the, the, there's like three or four different tiers of, you know, what what can be classed as fair use. Something like that Jim Sterling does, because, you know, he is a trained journalist. He is, you know, doing a proper critique of the game or things like that. Then, yes. His work is definitely covered by fair use. Somebody just doing a Let's Play isn't, because they are just... Yeah, yeah it is the, transformative the because argue, they're putting yeah, commentary is. over the top of it, but it's not adding to kind of the actual video and the kind of the conversation behind it. It's not a critique and things like that. Yeah, Obviously, we did have, as you know, a community, as content creators, a big kind of victory... Uh, what is it? Um, um, Less than a month ago now with um, Ethan Klein, uh, oh, yeah. H3. With HHC. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 there's something on the law books now to say this is protected under fair use because it, it ticks all these boxes. But their video was very specific. It was analysing another person's video. It was using their content in context and providing commentary on it. It wasn't just a reaction video of just some you know webcam in the top corner of a vi- yeah. video playing and just occasionally saying something it was an analysis so at the end of the day it's it's a little uncomfortable knowing any game developer can pull the rug out from mm. under our feet by just saying no we don't want these yeah. these videos being monetized anymore i'm at the point where i feel like we should be safer now because it's been years since the Sega one. There's got to be some sort of grandfather and, clause in there somewhere, isn't there? Like, just just the whole, uh, what's it called? Like an an unspoken deal going on where no company should be trying to just do a big swath hit like that because if they do, the community's going to look out for each other a lot strongly now than back then because yeah. it's gotten more powerful. It's not like we're a damn union, but. Um, people look out for each other a little bit more and... Well, and, and start, like, like review bombing okay. Steam. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. Speaking Segway, of that, Segway! See, I'm here to help with these segways. We're doing pretty good on this. Like, <laughs> this is, it shows we've been doing this together for a little bit. Like, <laughs> but yeah, the, 
this is something that's very new right now. Um, my understanding is, well, you can explain it instead of me explaining it. You can explain it better. Okay. Well, Steam have taken notice that people review bomb games that um, they don't like when some the developer says something or changes something. Um, I mean, we say there's a lot of review bombing of GTA a while ago, and the whole feud thing happened, and a load of his fans went and review bombed Firewatch. So, what's uh, Steam's answer for this? Add graphs. <laughs> so the, the power whole, of graphs. Yeah, uh, the whole thing is obviously. Normally, you go to a Steam store page and you can see whether the rating is positive or mostly positive or negative. The the whole review bombing thing is, you know, this hundreds, thousands of people adding negative reviews to a game in a short period of time. They they they've come up with the idea of showing a graph of this sudden spike because that will help inform the the customers. You know, yeah. well, people are probably intelligent enough. If they're looking at reviews, they'll actually read them. And if they're all just one-word reviews mm. of, oh, I don't like the what the developer said. <laughs> it's, <laughs> that, 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 you read any oh. Steam review now. It's it's oh, like, you have the idiot reviews Amazon. going. I I mean, I I did a review on Steam a couple of days ago for Atomega. Mm. Uh, I I admittedly I gave it a negative review. Because I'm I'm not downvoting the game. I'm downvoting the fact that, unfortunately, it's not really going to be worth your money spending on it because it's not got the player base, and that's basically because Ubisoft haven't promoted it. But yeah. then again, you look at the other negative reviews, and people have gone, "Oh, it's a Ubisoft game equals poop." Uh, that was literally uh, as it was. Uh, Ubisoft game equals uh, poop. That's not an intelligent conversation. Automega's a good... It's fun. It's fun. Like It's just unfortunate that they they haven't done anything to actually promote it, and it's a multiplayer game. Yeah. it's The, the weird thing with it is um, Steam reviews are, do you recommend it, do you not recommend it, and yep. why? That's all it yep. is. And it's some binary. People make there jokes. is no neutral. There's no nuance there. Yeah. There's no nuance. There's no scoring system of any no. kind. People will still give a score in their review if they want. And you have people who make jokes, they say a bunch of different things. There, there's just different things going on with it. And it's just, do you recommend it or not? That's the thing about it is, is do you recommend it or not? That's really what it is. And people can have all sorts of reasons why. Like, you, you got your reasoning as, there's not going to be a player base, so forget it. Because Ubisoft just does, hasn't done enough to push it. And if there's no one pushing it, there's no player yep. base to play with. For me, I'd be like... I'd, I'd give it a caveat. I'd be like, I recommend it if you have friends. Yeah. Like, if you're trying to play with randos, forget it. Not for you. If you have friends and you all buy into it, this could be a fun time. Like, and that's something you can't really do with, uh, with the it Steam thumbs thing. Up or thumbs down. Like, like, no, there's, there's, yeah, there's no nuance like there. Caveat, you can't, yeah, you can't nuance it. You can't, like, there's this caveat. So it's on the person where you can say, no, unless this situation, or you say yes, unless this situation, it's on you whether you want to do up or down in that. And then there's the whole, uh, did you get it before? Did you get it for free? Because you're not even weighted, if I understand correctly, if you got it for free. No, yeah. If you get a Steam key and it's activated, so I don't know even if that counts for if you get it at Humble, because technically you're getting a key that activates. Ooh. 
you're not buying it through the Steam store. Um, yeah. Anything you write on there, obviously your review is listed, but it's not actually counted in the, you know, this game is mostly positive and mostly negative. Yeah. That that isn't weighted now. They 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 did actually change that. I I I have not seen the graph yet because I was just looking. I didn't see the graph anywhere. Like they're still implement, implementing yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah, or, it's, okay. it's literally a day or so they've done that. I'm hoping it's you don't have to scroll down to see it because yeah, it's, it's without it's, scrolling, it's just above the kind of the all okay. the, the Steam reviews and that. Okay, because without scrolling down, you can see positive, mostly positive, yep. or whatever, right there in the top right corner. Uh, and at least what they did a little bit eventually was it was for a long time it was just whatever it is, and then they made it here's what it was overall, and here's yep, what it is recently, most recently, yeah, yeah. And now with this chart, I, that gives more information, so I think that's better. That more information is always good because you can't just rely. Well, more information where people will look is good. Because people can be lazy, like they're just like, okay, here's the reviews, and then they don't actually read that, any of them. Yeah, but that that's people are in general lazy because e even yeah. you know reviews in what we call old media, uh, you know, your, your classic written review. How many people just skip to the end, the last two lines, and the the score? <laughs> exactly, because people just want it all summing up for them in a nice easy yeah. bundle. And you know, if it, it's in a number that out of ten. They can go, oh, right, okay, well. They, yeah. People don't I, look for kind of a balanced argument anymore, really. Pretty much. I, I'd be tempted to just do a pro-con summary and score, and that is all you do as a review kind of thing. Yeah. Because, like, you don't care anything else. You already know it. So here's what I think. I can spend hours playing this game, writing yeah. a whole essay mm -hmm. about it. No, all you care about is the number yeah. at the end of the <laughs> It, it's something I've considered, like, doing, like, a two-minute review or something, like, here you go, but I would get complaints if that's not enough information. And I agree. Yep. Um, but I've been tempted to, because I know our attention spans are getting shorter, and it's really frustrating, because I love reading essays of things, because I like reading Jim Sterling. I really yep. like reading his his reviews. They're pretty good. Sometimes they're dumb, because that's how Jim Sterling is. But the most time, they're pretty well thought out. The greatest thing about Jim Sterling is... He always backs up what he's talking about with with evidence yeah. or just where he's coming from. He'll give you more than just, here's what he thinks. Uh, well, here's what he thinks, but here's more of why that's what he thinks. And that's pretty good. Uh, when he did the whole uh, the Zelda review, <laughs> I read him like, okay, all right, he's making a lot of valid complaints. For me, I forgave them. They weren't bad enough to make it a not 10 out of 10. For him, it was bad enough to not make it a 10 out of yeah. 10. And people lost their damn minds. <laughs> I thought he was well-argued. I just did not agree with some of his complaints. That's how I felt about it. That was the same thing with his Dishonored 2 review and a couple others. It's just... it's a, You're meant to read it so you get an idea of whether or not you should actually care about this person's yeah. review. Because even with like Polygon, sometimes they send in the guy who has no business doing that game. And if you read his essay, like you're like, yeah, I don't care what your what your number is because I realize you're actually not the guy who should be reviewing this. Same thing for IGN, and same thing for Kotaku. God dang, all of them. <laughs> it's about just getting reviews out. Like it's not about setting the right guy. It's about just getting the review out. But um, yeah. And don't worry, there's going to be more of that over the next couple of months because how many games are going to come out over the next couple of months? Shadow War, Destiny Two, Wolfenstein. 
Uh, well, these are the ones. Okay, these Shadow are the ones War on your was list. On my list. <laughs> was on my list. Um, Shadow Wars on the list. Destiny Two is. Wolfenstein is. Um, Odyssey. Gonna go back and get Rabbids. What? What? Mario's um, nipples. <laughs> I from that direct, it was gonna be King DDD, Buff DDD was gonna be the meme, and then Mario showed up without a shirt, and the internet and no lost tribal its tattoo. mind. People, people of Destiny's no like tribal tattoo anymore. Yeah, they they put a tribal tattoo on him, and then they put the gold chain because that is such an Italian look. Oh my hey, god! What I have are you a, talking I, about? Take I got an easy. Italian cousin. That is exactly how he goes to the beach. I'm like, son of a bitch. Oh my god. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's perfect. Spot on. Oh man. That freaking direct with that. Um, Did I we go off on a tangent track. again? I lost track because of that, but we can go on to something else because I forgot what we was talking about. Mario, uh, not Mario, Nintendo Golf? Or is it Mario Golf? The, the golf game mm. that's on the Switch. There, like, if you go in there, there's like some file, and in it, in every switch, is the original Nintendo Golf oh, yeah, game, the one on the this. NES. Uh, about this, yeah. It's like, what the hell is this doing here? It's like, why is the original Nintendo uh, Golf on there? And apparently, you can use motion controls with it. Apparently, you can. Well, uh, <laughs> apparently, apparently, you can like play the game with motion controls. Like, that's kind of cool. This is an old NES game for that. That's yeah. very interesting. And uh, a theory that I just received before this podcast is that it might be a tribute to Iwata. Yeah, that's what I'd heard as well. He had to do with the programming on that. I'm like, oh, snap, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, that, that's believable. Because Iwata was such a workhorse for Nintendo. He was Nintendo was pretty much the majority of his life. He yeah. worked there for a very long time. He potentially worked there as long as we've been old, as long as we've been alive. Um, he's, he's a hero for a lot of reasons when it comes to Nintendo games. We wouldn't have Earthbound in the US if it wasn't for Iwata. And I don't remember the story. I need to find it and put it in the comments. <laughs> That's a video on itself. What Iwata did was, if I remember correctly, which I might have wrong, is when they were porting it to the US, he had to rewrite a bunch of the code or the whole thing. I can't remember right it now. It sounds about right. Someone had to do it, and he did it. And of course, he had a lot of background with like Kirby. We know Kirby's my favorite, so and he had influence when it came to Smash Brothers. If I remember the story correctly, it is Sakurai. He's like, "What about this idea, which was Smash Brothers?" And Miyamoto's like, "No, sounds dumb." <laughs> and Iwata's like, "Make it anyway. Make make a build." And then Miyamoto's like, "I was wrong. This is awesome." <laughs> so you can thank Iwata on that. If I if I remember that story correctly, I could be a little off on that. If it's not Iwata, it was a different president. But somebody, maybe it wasn't president at the time, but it was somebody. Somebody was like Iwata, make I mean, was like Sakurai, make it anyway. Just make it. Forget what Miyamoto said. <laughs> make it anyway. It sounds fun. And Miyamoto's like, "Yeah, I was wrong. I was wrong on that one." Uh, my understanding as well is Miyamoto was said that. Uh, this is Iwata's console, that he had a lot to do with mm. uh, the Switch. So I'm like, okay. So if that's a tribute to him, it sounds right. It sounds about right to me. Because, yeah, he's been around there for so long. He did a lot of work. And, again, Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was a big it part of that. It keeps coming back to Kirby for you. <laughs> oh, there's one more. There's on, one then. more I wanted to talk about. Because I was going to talk about, I was going to segue it to it at some point during the Steam talk. 
And that is Divinity 2, like Divinity Original Sin 2. Ah, right. Your new current obsession. Yes. <laughs> Over uh, 85,000 concurrent for a CRPG is amazing to yeah. me. Holy crap. That's really good. Um, Larian, they make good games. I really like Larian Studios. They're really good. And basically They're basically been doing Divinity for how long now? It's... <laughs> A very long time. Um, I don't, I don't know when Divinity One was. Like, I fell in love with them when it came to Dragon Commander, which is a very old LP. Yeah. But I, I got to put a link to that too, and have it in the description or in the comments to watch because the first minute of that thing just shows you why I got sold on that game so perfectly. <laughs> or we just have Jinx cut it in right here. Dragon Commander is such an amazing game. It was really fun, and Original Sin One. Uh, it was really good at the time when it came out. It was pretty fun. And then they kept developing it over time. Yeah. They kept working on it and working on it and working on it. And Divinity Original Sin now is incredible. It is an amazing game. It's worth getting, especially if you have a buddy to play with. Fully voice acted. You can move the camera around. Like, it. there's a lot of... The gameplay is very fun. It's just a good game. I've been dragging on making a video for D Divinity Original Sin 2, because how do you make a video for a CRPG like this? Yeah. <laughs> It's, um, it, it would have to be like a, a first impressions would be what by three four hours long. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're very we've been playing for quite a while in this game. Like me and Jinx, this is the awesome thing about Divinity uh, Original Sin is you can co-op this game, and and it's for, you can do up to four players in two, yeah, can't you? In two, you can do up to four players, and you can each just run off and talk to NPCs at the same time. Just do whatever you want. You can also listen in on other people's conversations. And you'll be treated differently. This is very interesting, is that, yeah, you can have all these things. You'll get the quests. Yeah. Like, an individual can get the quest for everybody. Because, like, you're assuming everyone's talking. Like, they're talking to each other. It's like, here's what's going on with us with the story. But they can go their separate ways. You can have a combat, turn-based combat, where everyone else is running around el elsewhere. Like, guys, can you come over here? <laughs> I'm having a fight. I, I, and they'll, they'll I, come I, in. I, I haven't played this, but I, I heard... The NPCs react to you differently depending on stuff like your race and things like that. You know, if you're yeah. if you're like a necromancer, they people will just be put off by you or something like that. You mm -hmm. know, there so, there's there's every every NPC has an attitude towards you. You can also have your characters have attitudes towards each other. In the original, you could have if they're actually don't know if you could be gay, but male and female, you could have them fall in love together. Yeah, you could have your characters fall in love. I don't know if that's still in two. I would assume it is. It's but, a role-playing um, game. You've got to be yeah. able to role-play. <laughs> You've got to be able to role-play in it. And so in this one, you can have four characters, and you can have... You can just be you and three characters, yeah. and or you and your buddies. doesn't it have a DM mode as well? As well. There, yeah, there's a DM I haven't tried it out yet, though. I'm very interested in how that works out. But there I, is a I DM heard mode. somebody say, you could probably actually run a D&D &D campaign with this thing. <laughs> I'm really... Actually, I'd be excited to see someone do that. I would love to see a stream of someone doing a D&D campaign with that game because the combat system is pretty interesting. There's like 14 different styles. Okay. Like different skill trees. Like not skill trees, but like skill sets, which they all have their own books too. Right. So it's not necessarily a skill tree, but it's skill and then all the things that go with each skill. And there's a bunch of different stats. This and is sounding this like one, it's going to be a very complex video when you're going to get to it. <laughs> it's such a big game. And the original was too. There was so much to it because... Uh, now we're just explaining Divinity 2. Uh, the original <laughs> Sin 2, because Divinity 2 is a different game. But um, 
in the original, you can only be human. In this one, you can be five different races. You can be human, dwarf, elf, uh, elf, and um, and lizard man or or lizard. Not right. Lizard man. There's women, lizard, and undead versions of any of those. <laughs> and so you have race based abilities, but if you're undead and one of the other ones, you have a mix of kind of both, which is interesting. And my favorite skill the undead has is play dead. <laughs> they just fall over and they act like they're a pile of bones. <laughs> That's my favorite move. It is the funniest thing. It's like, it will not break stealth. I wonder why it won't break stealth. I, that just cracks me up. But the character creator is way more advanced. It looks, it's even prettier than the first game. There's some really cool armor. There's really cool abilities. And I love the elemental system in the game because okay. you have like there's water and you can freeze the water. So it's let's ice so people can slip on it or you can shock it. And then people who step on it can get stunned or just get shocked and take damage from it. Then there's fire and then you can put water on the fire, which will make steam. So you can't see past the steam, which will screw over archers. Or it can be smoke if it just burns out on its own as well. And then there's oil as well. And then there's poison. So you could explode poison with fire, and you can make uh, fire spread with oil. I think you can make explosion as well with oil. And then there is blood, and there's blood mechanics. Well, if you've got the undead, you've got to have some blood mechanics yeah. in there. <laughs> there's also dead, like, necromancers can do things with dead bodies. And there's just so much to do in this game. And one of the new classes is, is a metamorph, where you can polymorph yourself and do things with it. So you can give your guy horns, and you can give them a tentacle and just hit things with a tentacle. It's very this, interesting. This is definitely one of those, right, I can't <laughs> do a first impressions until I've played this for 60 hours. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> I, the game currently has 6,336 reviews. Like, damn, people really like this game. 85,000 uh, 85, was the peak, mm. and probably more now. They've sold half a million copies. I'm extremely happy for Larian because that's such a good game. They did a great job on it. I'm just so happy that they're succeeding with this because they make they make quality stuff and they yeah. they, they pack it so full of things. We, we've been playing for maybe a dozen hours and we're still in the first well second area of the game. There's just so much to do with it. It's very fun, and there's just so many fun things. Uh, my favorite talent, and bring that up and then I'll stop talking about this. <laughs> um, my favorite talent you can get is Pet Pal. You okay. can talk to animals. Are you so, are you basically role-playing Dr. Doolittle in this game? Yes, yes. Like, I'm like, I roll up to a dog and I'm like, hey, dog. And he's like, he's like, hi there. And he just says like very doggy things. He's like, squirrel. And then you can, yeah, that happens. That happened in the first game, if I remember correctly. But, like, you can pet the dog, and he's like, ah, oh, thanks for that, and you can feed them, and give them a belly rub, and at one point the dog goes, I love you. He's like, oh my god, <laughs> yes. And you can have cat, there's cats as well, and, like, there's a cat who thinks he's, like, this super adventurer cat in the first game, and there's just so many funny things with the animals, and, like, you can talk to a cow, and they have, like, cow-based jokes, or a sheep, and they have sheep-based jokes, and all these things. But what's cool about it is... It's not just a novelty, it can lead to quests. Yep. There can be animals who can lead to quests, or they can have hints to quests. And that's so awesome, because there's another mechanic which got introduced by the elves, and because the elves are kind of weird in this one, they're more, they, they self-flagellate, whatever the word is, where they, they can hurt themselves, yeah. they're very much about the dead. 
they can make them they can uh do things with flesh in that they can eat things and learn, gain their memories right like, okay well, this is a different kind of elf i've never seen an elf <laughs> like this so you can have your elf eat somebody and they'll learn memories about them and i recently had them eat somebody and they gained a skill i'm like holy crap okay this is interesting <laughs> so i'm just running around having an elf eat everything basically <laughs> Yeah, well, anything that so I'm allowed to talk to the animals, eat. cannibalism. <laughs> it, this game's got everything. <laughs> yes, and and oh, I keep talking about this game. The lizards, <laughs> uh, they have a they have a uh, like humans get ingenuity or ingenious or something like that because that's how humans are. Yeah, and the lizards, an innate thing they get is sophisticated. <laughs> the lizards are high class as heck. They're very high class. They're they talk in the high class way. <laughs> Like, Downton Abbey is the lizard race. That's what it is. <laughs> and it's glorious. Please not... tell me you're doing all the uh, the, the conversations <laughs> with the, the lizards in the the oh. most uh, upper-class English accent you can muster. <laughs> I wish. Like, there's six pre-maids in this game. They're all very fun and interesting. Like, there is, like, there's a, like a, a performer bard chick and she's also possessed by some sort of demon. She's not sure what it right. is. <laughs> There's a super assassin elf, which is pretty fun. She threatens to murder you, which uh, if you're into crazy, she's your kind of crazy. Right. If, if Because she is very crazy. Um, the sophisticated lizard man is just awesome. Because he, when you first meet him, he tries to make you his slave. He's like, can, can you cook? Can you, can you tailor? Can you, uh, can you help with, uh, with cleaning and things like that? It's like, Oh, you can? All right, you're my slave now. I was like, what? <laughs> Bro, what? Then you have, like, the Edgelord character. He's the Edgelord character. There's a very friendly uh, dwarf. He's just, there's this dwarf, and he's just such a lovable dwarf. Like, he's very strong. He's very stout, very smart. But there's something about him where he's just really friendly with you, but also really aggressive towards things. We're like, right. I want him on my party. This guy sounds like fun. <laughs> And then there's an undead who's very existential and doesn't care about anybody. Because he's undead, of course well, he's going to be existential. <laughs> and at least that's my interpretation of him. He's like, I, he doesn't care about anything. He's like, I don't care. You're going to die at some point. Like, I care. <laughs> like, you're not undead like me. I don't care about anything. I'm like, jeez, guy. And so it's a fun game. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing that might be your opinion uh, of it. You know, this... Oh, I just want to quickly say this and... <laughs> 20 minutes later <laughs> <laughs> it might actually be 20 minutes later um it's it's a good game and so yeah uh, check it out if you're into rpgs and you'll get to do it get to making the video at some point <laughs> yeah i gotta make it i we, we could have made it a long time ago it's it's a weird thing because you want to be professional but it was like this is too fun we gotta keep playing gotta keep playing just one more game just one more game but oh, it's there's so much replay value to it because you can only have four people and there's five races. Yeah. And there's six pre-mates and you can't have them all in one run, obviously. So there's so much to play. It's really fun. So this is one of those games of the year where you could just play it all year. It feels oh, like it's, it's, just it's on your list already, is it? <laughs> it's gotta be. Hell it is. There's no way around. It's on the list. It's so good. I, I'm really happy for the company because I've followed Larian for a long time. And they've made a lot of games that I've enjoyed, and they're they're try they're transparent about their development. Yeah, and they put in a lot of work, and it's just good. It's really good stuff. So 
Honestly, I should try to get one of them on. I should really try. Because it just... Uh, maybe not, because it'd just be me going, Dude, it's amazing. Dude, dude your Journalistic awesome. integrity. You're just going to have to keep mental... Ch- <laughs> I've got, I can't gush. I can't gush. I've got to ask questions. I kind of... Oh my god, I have to... They've got to be so busy right now because they're they're winning so hard. <laughs> but if I can get a hold of one of them, even in a couple of months, like looking back out the game, I would love to do that. I I have to pursue this. I got to try go. now. Thinking about it, I need to try. Scarf's community because... keep bugging him to do this. <laughs> I would I would love to because it's such a good game. Like if it, it's got to be a sixty hour game. Like there's no way around because yeah. of how much there is. That's a game we can't LP because it's such a long game. If I could, I would, though, because it's so good. So good. And it's fully voice acted, too. So you get some amazing voice work and some hilarious delivery. Enough. Enough of that no, now. No, no, that's 25 enough. minutes um, later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we had... That's basically a podcast, everybody. We talked about a lot of that's topics. That's basically Scarf talking about Divinity for the last half. <laughs> <laughs> it's just good. But we should always end out with some advice. So... Any new advice you think that's worthwhile for anyone going into into YouTube and a little bit into Twitch, I guess, because you just started doing Twitch, so you've probably got some getting your feet in the water kind of thoughts on Twitch as well. Yeah, I, I, I mean, at the moment, at least for myself, it's just trying to find that balance because obviously it's you, you're spreading yourself between two communities and they're both different kind of mindsets. Obviously, YouTube, it's all... You want to try and get it perfect, but with Twitch, you ne- it's never going to be perfect because it's live. It's live TV. You've got to be spontaneous. You've got to roll with the punches and things like that. So you you need to find a balance, getting your head in gear for being able to switch between the two kind of, you know, mindsets, and also find a balance of you know, some some days you you will want to just concentrate on one video, but you've still got to kind of think about Twitch. And then other days, you, you can't be asked with all the editing and things like that. You just want to play the game and you want to share that with people. So it, go into it thinking, right, well, I, I'm going to have to kind of dial back on some stuff and be just try and find that balance. And it's not something you can be told what the balance, the right balance is. You've got to mm. find it for yourself. And you, you, it's just something you've got to feel out. Well, there you go. There's some advice right there. Given to you by John from Killibits. <laughs> All of his information will be found in the description. And Plugs? here's something I want to try new. Oh, here's something I want to try new. And stealing this from the podcast, uh, from the co-optional. And that is okay. anything coming up you want to mention for your channel that might get people interested. I guess. Um, at the moment, I'm I'm playing a lot of uh, Battle Chasers Night War which comes out Ooh. in about a week and a half's time. I think it's the start of October. And it's one I've been keeping tabs on for a while. Uh, so I've been playing a bunch more of that. And it, it's a gorgeous game. It's, hmm. it's uh, all, all created by Joe Mad, who, was, who basically did it as a comic. And he was kind of lead designer and that behind... Uh, or the Darksiders game. So that if you like that kind of Holy graphic sa- style, imagine hmm. that as turn-based RPG with this gorgeous cast of characters, rich world, great voice acting, 
yeah, that's that's my big thing at the moment. I'm 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 plowing a lot of time into. Damn, I just remembered what that game is, and oh my god, that game! Yeah, it looks so good. Yep, it is. It looks so nice. It comes out in October. Yeah, third of October, and I, I had a video go up this evening, which is last week for the audience. <laughs> I got wrecked by a mimic. <laughs> that was unpleasant. Oh, it's. It's funny when you, when you record and then you just get destroyed. Like, well, well, people are gonna enjoy that. Yep, <laughs> I didn't, but people are gonna enjoy that. <laughs> there you go, everybody. That has been. We've been basically having a podcast with me, of course, Lost Scarf, and John from Killer Bits. I had fun talking. I'm sure you had fun talking. I I I, I was just sat here <laughs> listening to you talk about divinity for a day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, as always, it's a pleasure. So thanks for coming by, everybody. See you next time. Bye.